Welcome back to Tevading Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our national treasure, Aaron Tevate. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and it's that time of year where everywhere you look, you're seeing shopping lists or lists of favorites or best of lists. So I thought for this week's episode, I'd join the club and share a few of my favorite things, but make it all of my Aaron favorite things. Unfortunately, that list is very, very long if I were to share it all. So I'll try my best to create a Reader's Digest version by doing the top three for various categories. And maybe some of our favorite things will be the same. Let's find out, shall we? Okay, since it was most recent, up first is Ricky Live. Top three songs that they sang together. First up would be Sex on Fire, then She Used to Be Mine, and of course, Tennessee Whiskey. Sex on Fire, the energy in that song is top-notch. Aaron is the hype man to Ricky when Ricky's letting his vocal range shine. I'll share a clip of it because the audio is amazing, but going back to watch this Ricky live and seeing their interactions makes it even better. Oh shit! I knew it! I need to pull something out. Then there's She Used to Be Mine. Ricky starts that one off by playing a few chords and then says to Aaron, sing this one for me because I want to hear you sing it. Don't we all, Ricky? Don't we all? While they also sang the song at a Ricky Live Live, the clip I'm going to share is from September 24th, 2021, reopening night after the pandemic. Sing this for me because I want to hear your singing. It's not simple to say. Sing it. Mixed 
and of course, Tennessee Whiskey. I've played that one on here before, but that song's just synonymous now with Aaron and Ricky, and their version is my preferred version of the song, and just makes me smile whenever I hear it. So, here's a clip of the first time that they sang Tennessee Whiskey on a Ricky Live. Okay, Aaron's fake. Used to spend my nights at ballroom. Oh, ho, ho, But you rescued me from reaching for the bottom And brought me back Being too far gone Take me twice You're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey Okay, the next top three, they're still Ricky Live related, but they're moments instead of songs, and choosing just three was stinking hard. But the live when the forehead veins first made an appearance was straight up chaos, so that made the list. Aaron gave that demonstration on how to make those veins appear, Ricky realized that he didn't have forehead veins, Tam tried to force himself to laugh harder, and Robin, well... She discovered her veins, but laughed so hard at the others that she had to run out of the room because she peed herself. Number two is kind of a song, but Ricky and Aaron at one point struggle to find the key and the lyrics for the song Please Don't Ask Me, and hilarity ensued. Please don't ask me, what's the next line? What am I doing? Something, something. No, what is it? No. Don't hang up again. This isn't connected to anything, it's no. just for show. <laughs> My first impulse. That's not the right key. It is, man. My first impulse is to run to your side. Yeah, is that the key? Ah, my. My first impulse is to. Anyone wants to Google, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me. I'll never believe it. What can I do? My first impulse is to. No, it's not. It's that's not the key. The key is bro. No, the key is please don't ask me. What am I thinking? My foot, run! Alright, alright, uh, Guys, don't fuck, don't, you gotta come correct if you're coming to me, alright? No, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know where it's at, mate. <laughs> Ricky's, oh. Ricky's having a tough day. This is an awesome song. The third one was an emotional reality check, but Aaron's heartfelt thank you to the fans on the live show and the second to last snob makes the list because it just marked the end of a chapter. Hey everyone, so we're uh, winding down here, Saturday Night Lives, Ricky yeah. Lives in yeah, the theater. Yeah, we've got two left. We usually, don't, we usually keep it real le levity-like in here, but I just want to say thank you all for tuning in, and I'm going to miss the hell out of you, and you, and all of y'all in the show, and thank you for all the uh, incredible, I'm serious, I'm actually not kidding, thank you for all the incredible support that you've shown us. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's been beautiful, so thank you. It really means a lot. I'm going to try not to cry, because there's going to be enough tears next weekend. Don't cry. Save my tears for another day. 
Aside from his unicorn voice and acting talents, Aaron's ability to tell stories and draw his audiences in is on my list of favorite things. I love when he tells a story about his opinion of Rick Astley in Moulin Rouge and the story of Shut Up and Dance in the show when he watched the audience connect to the music with the show every night. Yes, I I know these are two separate stories, but I'm grouping them together since they're Moulin Rouge. I didn't think that was funny. And so I spent our entire rehearsal process telling our director and telling our music department that the recasting was not funny. And I said, you know, we have the rights to every breath you take. Why can't we kind of have an earnest moment and I sing every breath you take? And they weren't having it. They're like, just wait, listen. And so we get in front of our first audience for previews and I do the, never gonna give you more. And we laugh, man. And I was like, fuck, man. So I'm gonna go on record in front of you all, it's 2019. I did this show on Broadway in 2019. I was wrong, okay? is funny. Ghastly is amazing. And uh, I think it's a moment where every night I can kind of hear the audience recognizing the song and knowing what was happening in the story. And then there's this one lyric where, you know, it's, I, I would sing, this woman is my destiny. And I could literally feel the audience go, it's because she is his destiny. <laughs> I can feel that. Like, you know, I mean, 2,000 people are this. I think about his destiny story a lot, and what a cool experience that must have been for Aaron each night to see that connection and reaction from the audience. Then there's the story that Aaron tells about his connection to Bruce Springsteen and feeling free while he was on his first job on the national tour of Rent. Bruce Springsteen live in concert on Broadway. I was very blessed. He, uh, he's been doing a one-man show on Broadway, and it's, um, I was very struck because it was so kind of simple, similar to this. It's just him on stage, and he has a, you know, a guitar, or he sits behind the piano, and he kind of just tells stories about his life, and how each song influenced his life and vice versa and how he wrote each song and it was um it was amazing for me to see kind of amidst getting to do work like this and he told a couple stories that really resonated with me one of which is he basically said in his you know illustrious career he just really feels like he's kind of pulled off the greatest magic trick of all time and at first I was like I didn't know what that meant and then he just said you know he was just a guy that started out loving to play music and somehow he's gone on to have this incredible career and that he's kind of tricked everyone, that he's you know worth everything that he uh, he's 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 done, which I was like, well, of course you are, but um, <laughs> but another part of me, you know, I I grew up kind of doing theater and singing as a, a fun thing, and I kind of stumbled into working when I was in college, and for a long time, I, I and I still feel that way. I I kind of can't believe that. I left college in 2004 to work and I've been able to work since and it still kind of blows my mind that I've been able to do that and then now stand in front of you guys and kind of share this evening with you. So I, I really understood what he was talking about to a very small degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I get it. I resonated. <laughs> You know, he's playing four-hour sets in the Guinness Book of World Records in Sweden, so it's like, relax, you know what I mean? 
Finally, in a Show People interview with Paul, Aaron tells the story of his Les Miserables transformation to become Onduras. As you know by now, Onduras, he he has such a special place in my heart, and I remember my mind being blown when I learned that Aaron was in fact wearing a wig as Onduras, and they weren't his natural curly locks. But then to learn that they also had to dirty up his teeth too? He went through quite the process to become our favorite revolutionary leader. The camera test we learned that, but what I, you know, my, my big white teeth were not going to fly and my short hair was not going to fly. So that's what came out of the camera test. They, they, uh, they dirtied, they dirtied teeth. my teeth every day. What did they put on it? Uh, Gook? Makeup, paint, basically. Oh, how's that taste? Terrible. <laughs> and I literally, by the end of it, it was starting to stain my teeth. Oh. And I was like, what's it's happening? So <laughs> five minutes at the beginning of the day to get it on. Oh, really? Yeah, because, you know, I, if you, as you could probably tell, I have a lot of hair. So they yeah. had literally had to, like, lacquer it down uh -huh. with... What did the woman call it? Uh, Gathquat, which was undiluted hairspray, which I had never oh heard before. But they okay. literally put that down and then have to put the wig on top of it. But you know, it was really cool because much like the period clothing that we were wearing, I mean, putting those clothes on, it changes your posture and uh -huh. it's very transformative. And the wig in the same way was that way because I'd never, <laughs> clearly I'd never seen my hair like that. Right. <laughs> and so I, in the mirror, was seeing a different person immediately. So my eye was getting tricked and it really helped kind of Okay, so back to songs. And again, it's hard to pick just three, but my favorite things for his concerts and favorite songs that he has covered, I'd have to say would be All I Ask by Adele, Alone by Heart, and Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Here's a little mashup of those songs. Then there are favorite theater songs, ones he has actually sung in shows for his roles, and ones he's covered from other characters. Let's start with the ones he's covered from other characters. I don't, I don't know why I did this to myself, limiting myself to three, but here they are. I've been from Next to Normal. He sang this one first at Elsie Fest in 2015, and then at Barrington Stage in 2021. Why God Why from Miss Saigon. I love his acting through song when he does this one. And finally, Bring Him Home from Les Miserables. 
Aaron has always made this song a part of his Les Mis medley when he does his bit with Brian and hitting those higher notes, but at Barrington stage, he sang the full song and it is utter perfection. Accused, I've been lost, refused, I've been the boulder and the snow, I've been led astray, I've been put on display. I've never been alone. I can't show your hand. Why can't one guy understand? I've been with girls who knew much more. I've never felt Okay, on to theater songs from Aaron's characters. First, Goodbye from Catch Me If You Can. I can't hear that one and not get chills throughout the whole song, but especially at the end when he hits those last notes. And of course, there's Moulin Rouge, the show that has changed so much for me in my life. Your song and Come What May are forever irreplaceable. Hearing Aaron sing Come What May again at Keene University for the first time since he left Moulin Rouge brought us right back to his time on stage as Christian.
But I love you until the end of time. Come what may, come what may. Okay, on to favorite movie moments. First up, Undrafted. I love the ending when Aaron's character Maz is up for his final at bat and he's scanning the fence looking for his dad. It really highlights the relationship of Maz's character with his father through the years and the look that Maz gives his dad when they finally connect and locked eyes said more than words ever could. Then one royal holiday. I mean so many, so many sassy Prince James moments, but my favorite sweet moment is when James returns to Anna at the end of the movie and they connect that Anna knew his father. The way he looks at her just makes me melt every single time. And in Les Mis, during One Day More, when Marius comes up the stairs and tells Angelras that his place is here, he'll fight with him, Angelras gets this little smile on his face and I just love it. Next on the list is Graceland. I am obsessed with this show, and Mikey Warren, just like Andre Ross, takes up a lot of space in my heart. I love all the Mike and Abby scenes in season one. In season two, this season's dark, but just Mikey's selflessness and devotion to Paige, first by saving her from the trafficking house, and then staying there to protect the girls, just spoke volumes about him and his character. If only Paige could have seen that. And then in season three, there was some Mikey comedic relief during the plan that the agents had set up for Ari. Here's the line I'm talking about, when Mikey was pretending that he was a cashier at the gas station. Remember? Your friend attacked me. Bullshit, you're a liar. I'm not lying. You punched me in the face and threatened to cut off my balls. Yeah, put your gun down or I cut off your balls. Ari, please! From fighting bad guys to fighting brain bugs... Here's some favorite brain dead moments. I mean, sex and salami, how can that not make the list? Gareth has no idea why what's happening is happening, but just goes with it. His facial expression later in the season when Gustav and Laurel are telling him about the bugs and that they might have to kill his boss to protect the human race. I mean, he's just an utter disbelief. And then the scene that melts me every single time I watch it is when Gareth asks Laurel to come over and they're snuggled up in bed talking about what's happening and he asks her to keep the bugs away. I mean, if that's not one of the top sweetest moments ever, I don't know what is. Okay, let's round out this list with some favorite Moulin Rouge show moments. Again, how to pick just three. First, when Aaron first meets Satine in The Elephant and he's talking about performing a song for her, but... Being who she is, she thinks he's talking about sex. Just to warn you, it's very modern what I do. It may feel a bit strange. 
joke, and I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> Although I am a bit nervous. Oh, of course. <laughs> I've never done this before. What? <laughs> my whole future might depend on it. I should hope not. Yeah, my friends are counting on Friends? But I did study in Sweden and practice a lot. Practice! On that list, of course, is the Roxanne opt-up. I mean, come on. No further explanation is even needed for that. And I love one of his final lines of the show where he shouts out, why else live if not for love? It's so impactful and just gets me every single time I hear it. So there we have it. A few of my Aaron favorite things. And while that favorite list could have gone on and on and on, It was fun to highlight some of the top favorites that popped into my mind. What'd you think? Do we have any favorites in common in any of those categories? Thank you so much for listening today and for continuing to support this podcast. It's been so much fun to connect and just be able to put this out there to celebrate Aaron, who we all know and love. If you're looking for more fun Aaron content, you can follow me on Instagram at tevading underscore patiently and on TikTok, at Tevading Patiently, no underscore. Hope to have you back here for episode 25.